if you could spend a moment with some remarkable people and discover what the life sounds like, what would you ask? Welcome to Are We On Air, an audio encounter. I'm Armand Nafei, and each episode will feature one conversation with an inspiring friend of mine who will share with us the soundtrack to their life. Merhaba and welcome back to another episode of Are We On Air? This week's guest is none other than my dear friend, the wonderful photographer, artist, musician and gin maker, Mert Alas. Mert and I know each other sporadically over the past few years, bumping into each other at, you know, hotels, places, cities, parties, events, anything fun. And over the past year, year and a half, we even got to work together, mainly on his brand new gin called 71. But before we jump into the gin situation, let's talk about who Merth is. You might know him under Merth and Marcus, two photographers who are known for the past 20, 30 years of being the fashion photographers. From Björk to Madonna to Dua Lipa to the who's who of everything and everybody they've worked with and there are plenty of fun stories to come. But we also discovered that Mert, growing up in Turkey, studied piano and I can tell you firsthand what a beautiful pianist he is. Usually at the end of the evening after a couple of gins and wonderful and fabulous people at a wonderful and fabulous soiree, he jumps on the keys and plays a little solo. Well, we also talked about our shared love of Turkish music. As you might know, I love Turkish music, especially from that period, the psychedelic period, psychedelic rock of the late 60s and early 70s. And I'm sure I've talked about this before, but we also got to chat about one of our new, the new exciting talents that are coming out of Turkey, well, I guess slash Holland, is Altin Gün, who we also had on the show in season one. Anyway, let's get to it. I hope you'll enjoy it and I'll speak to you soon. So hi, Armen. What, what a pleasure up, to be with you today. Yes, I mean, I wish we would do this in person, obviously, because, you know, we have a lot of fun always together. Uh, but, you know, COVID it is. I'm in Los Angeles, you're in London. Uh, I love that when you were in Los Angeles, I was in Berlin. <laughs> but we had a wonderful time in Ibiza together. This yes, was it was great. And I wish we could have paused that time and no other variants came up. And I mean, it was great, but it is what it is. So we just have to face the music as we do and dance, but this time dance alone. <laughs> Bedroom dancing only. So, oh my God, what's going on? You are in London, you're in your studio right now, I guess? Yes, I'm in my studio, I'm in London. I'm actually doing my last day at work and just wrapping up stuff and trying to finish as much as I can. So. They don't bother me while I'm away. And um, yeah. yeah, so I guess the next step of this is the luggages. 
<laughs> well, the fun part, the fun part. Well, one one fun part is, of course, one love of ours is music that we both share. I love talking about music with you, even though you come from the visual world. Uh, I think music is is also a, plays a big role in your life. And obviously, we work together. Well, no, obviously, we do work together on your beautiful Gin Seventy One, where you know we do beautiful soundtracks and parties around that. Yes, we we did great music together. Yeah, I mean, I loved our little moment in in Ibiza this summer when we were playing I call it the Turkish Santur yes uh, the, uh, what's it what's it in, in the, what's the instrument called in Turkish which one the the one we were playing early in the evening uh, at your the 71 party I think it was Kanun Kanun yeah it was ama it's an amazing instrument it's like it reminds me of my childhood because obviously as a child we had this It's like a very popular tavern culture where we go to taverns with families, you know, and friends of the mom and dads. They're like they're like four families go together, like 20 people on the table, kids on one side and the grown-ups on the other side. And they're like a, a star of the night would come out and sing and, and they were always the canon. So it really reminds me of that sort of like 80s period where I was forced to go to those places because there was no, there was no nannies then <laughs> I guess that was your earliest significant musical memory then yeah. like that kind of that shaped you yeah I mean my, my significant music memory that shaped me as an artist I guess is is my school because I I, I studied at the uh, National Art Classical Music and Art College in Turkey uh, in a conservatoire and I was being trained to be a cellist and pianist so my introduction to music was in a very classical way, and um, and I loved it. And of course, um, in those days, you had to stay in the school in dormitories. So I would spend five days of those of the week in the school, and then two days your family would come and pick you up, and you go back to the home, your hometown. And so you kind of like you know spend almost all your childhood there since I was 11 and I would be in the school. So it's a very sort of a very exciting and very, very colorful memories of music for me. It shapes me as, a, as, a, as an artist in a way. Mm. And, um, you know, like this nights that we used to sneak off, we had to sleep and the dormitories would be shut by 9 p.m. So you had to be in after the dinner And then you go to bed and the doors will be locked. So then, you know, you cannot get out. You cannot, like, wander around the school. But, of course, we would always find ways and, you know, climb the roofs and going through windows from balcony to another balcony and so on. And then you would have the whole school for you, for you with, like, four or five friends of us, from, of me. So we would, like, go to the concert hall, you know, start playing with the concert piano and... You know, as kids, that's like a kind of almost like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of you know, very, very fearful, but also very exciting thing. And then are we going to get caught? Is there ghosts in the concert hall and so on? So my, 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 my childhood, I say my childhood, um, really was uh, 
enlightened by my school. And uh, in a way, it really shaped me the way I am, the way I think, the way I, the way I approach to everything in my work. Is, 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 it's, it, it began there. How would you describe yourself with three records or three tracks that define who you are? Wow, that's, a, that's an ambitious <laughs> question, Armin. <laughs> it is. And no one, no one says, oh, great, let me tell you. Everyone says the same okay. thing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess, how would I describe it? I would say L.A.G. by Gabriel Ferre. I would say it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful cello piece, which I played when I was a kid. Gecher by Cezanne Aksu. I have to. <laughs> it is what it yes. is. Why? <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, I think it was about, it's, it was the first time I felt love and the first time I was heartbroken and, and it was sort of a, and she was there and she somehow, I mean, you're kind of like a heartbroken when you're born in Turkey from the day one. <laughs> That's what they teach you. It's like a good man is heartbroken. So, you know, the, the, our songs are all about love and separation and pain and suffering and, you know, going through everything, every kind of pain for, for love. And so we really value love. We really value pain of love. Almost like more pain you suffer for love is the more bigger your love. So in those days... That was that song was very strong for me, very important for me, and I kind of really still listen to it a lot. I still listen to everything she does. Um, she is my uh, Middle Eastern uh, spirit mama, I guess. Like when I am, when I miss my country, when I miss my food, when I miss my mom, when I miss Turkey, when I miss Istanbul, it's just me and her together in a in my head and. And if even maybe I'm driving or, or so on. So Sezanaksu is very important. Therefore, I would say she kind of does um, make a piece of me. Um, then, oh, it's very hard now. I guess, I guess Bjork, big time sensuality. Mm. Because, Bjork. Mm. because it was the time that I 
just moved to London. freedom as in being alone without family without without rules just being myself making my own rules making my own uh, life choosing my own hair color mm-hmm. being able to put what nail, color was that pale baby blue <laughs> 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 you know um and then and, and in one of those one of those nights and i was out um this girl came up to me she said uh Would you like to share a drink with me? And I was like, I'd love to, because I guess I must have looked sad or poor or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and she just gave me some drink. I had a sip and she said, to have some more. I said, okay, I'll have some more. And then we start talking. And, uh, and then I just realized, I said, oh, you, you Bjork. So I was like, oh my God, like I just met Bjork. And it was, it was so incredible. Actually, in the 90s, that was very cool where... We were, we were not pushed around into like the VIP rooms and, um, you know, selected things. And it was like almost everyone in the same place and everyone is together. And some is an artist, some is a, you know, kid who works at the pizza shop and some is a, you know, a musician is up and coming and some is a taxi driver and so on. It was all about what you have to offer me that night, and which was mm. all about your personality. So, uh, so that's the things that I, I guess I guess I was just introduced to in the early '90s. So for me, it was a life-changing moment um, coming from Turkey and being on my own, without a family, without rules, without everything. And that song was really like for me. It kind of explains everything of of that moment you know that the mm. the, the, the clothes i used to wear and you know the, the feeling i used to feel when i you know wanted to go out and when i was walking on the street when i was walking down so i i was part of that period so i guess it's important for me to say the other part of me is that song I mean, I guess we all had these chance encounters in our lives, uh, but how amazing. Björk must have been at her height of her yeah. career. Just and then I remember going back to her house and she said, do you like the sound of harp? I said, yes, I love harp. I used to be a musician in Turkey. 
and then she started playing harp to me, and we became friends, wow. and and then we started going out all the time. Every Friday, I would call her and say, "Are we doing something?" And she would, "Okay, let's get dressed." <laughs> and it was all about all about getting dressed. It was all about yes. character making. You know, like who am I going to be this Friday night? So, yeah, it was an important period. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had this conversation with some friends actually last night over dinner. I, I mean, I got the the end of the height of, of London. I moved to London in the early 2000s, so which was the end of this era. And But even back then, I, I'm sure you remember like Family and Dalston Superstore and all these these parties where, you know, not none of these kids had money, but it was the effort and the energy and, and everyone was just excited for the, they're all in there for the same cause. It was like kind of just being who they are and just enjoying the moment, you know, in, and in that created this energy. In many occasions, I remember meeting people that was a very, for me, very interesting because for me, like someone who dressed up really well, who had a extreme self-expression in her look and her the way, the way they dance, their hair color. I always associated them, I guess, with like someone who's either a musician or artist. But when you when you when you when you in the nineties would go out and meet people, you, I literally remember someone saying to me, "Oh, I'm a chef assistant," or "I'm this and that." It's kind of like a very mm. non-fashionable jobs, and they looked like you know incredible. So it was almost like. Um, you know, we had to express ourselves to be accepted by certain people and mm. our, our attire, our nails, our hair, our dirty jean or our, you know, PVC, whatever, trousers and so on, they were an expression of our personality. So you sort of, uh, you sort of, you created you, You know, you mm. created yourself and you, and, and it was far, far away. I remember uh, once sort of going into this place and then my friend said, oh, that girl's wearing like a Gucci shoes or sorry, a Prada shoes or something. And I was like, oh, what is that? Like, honestly, we were like so far away from it. So I, I missed that for a very long time, but I think I am actually meeting now uh, a, a crowds that kids that are that are very similar. I'm seeing a very interesting change in 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 the young generation. There are now a lot of self-expressive kids, which really excites me. Mm. Yeah, I mean these things go through phases, I guess, and yeah, yeah that's I the mean, currency. We can't be just nostalgically sad of about our, 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 our present time because yeah, yeah. that's all we've got. So we exactly. kind of have to all find... To now. Yeah, yeah, we have to find bits and bobs to, to you know, and, and, and also or, or we have to shape it and make it better. You know, we have to say, look, guys, mm. let's... Like, for example, whenever I do a party, I make sure everyone dresses up. I said, listen, this is when you dress up. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> sometimes you need, also need that encouragement for people. It's like now is the time to make the effort because sometimes you can also think I'm overdressed because nothing else happens around you, right? Yeah. So you kind of climatize to, the, uh, to yeah. your surroundings. But um, I like this approach of like, it's Friday night and we're dressing up and what, what character are you going as? That, that I can see that in your work that you, you, as, a, as a photographer that you, Myrta Marcus, basically are doing. You create these like scenarios, these worlds, these images. Uh, so, I guess this has influenced 
your photography in a way or maybe vice versa um but yeah you've been you guys been doing this for more than 30 years yes yeah. by now 20, 29 uh, um, years actually 29 years yes, wow so next year we're, going, we're throwing <laughs> a big we're throwing a big party next year yeah <laughs> and, i'm burning everything and, uh, up <laughs> 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 all the photos, all the catalog, everything's all in the trash. <laughs> it didn't exist. But uh, what were some of the most memorable shoots that you had, and and what was playing? There's always some early Madonna on set for sure. Like it really makes me makes me kind of start feeling like the fashion, and um, if the subject is fashion. Then some 90s deep house I really like when I'm on a roll and I don't need to discuss anymore. I don't need to talk to hair or makeup or uh, anyone else in the set. I'm just like I'm connected to a model and now we're going to kind of like we know what we're doing and let's just like roll around and do, do pictures. Then I love um, deep 90s house, super loud. Um And especially like if it's getting into a late night and it's past 12 midnight, I love hard music. Then sometimes I may need some more romance or strange or atmosphere or, um, you know, something that it's more darker, more mysterious moment. Uh, and I need to maybe uh, ignite something in the model's mind and and my spirit so i then go to a you know weirder songs or even like some old sad classical music or even yimasuma I'm a, the most eclectic music lover you'll ever see. <laughs> After me, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, that's, that's, I love that. I mean, that's, I think also our tastes are similar because of that. It's the, you know, music has to, in, in, in my opinion, I guess in yours as well, kind of be a soundtrack of our lives and have yeah. different shades and facets and, and, and that goes with it. But um, I mean, so, I, I mean, keep some, seeing... Some, Madonna some, yeah, some music gives us messages, you know, tells us uh, lyrical stories and some music is just punctuates our spirit and our soul. And I love that. I love, I love the soul. I love the beat music. I love the beat. Sometimes more than lyrics, in fact. 
you know i like the i like i like the the beat the music the 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 instruments and uh it's sometimes i don't even know like an italian song that i love the song i don't know what she's saying but i love it because because i love it because my soul likes it mm. so i kind of respond to music in that ma- ma- manner yeah i i hear and feel you and see you ancora <laughs> tu <laughs> mi sorprende lo sai ancora tu ma non dovevamo vederci più e come stai domanda inutile stai come me e ci scappa da ridere Amore mio, hai già mangiato o no? Ho fame anch'io, e non soltanto di te. Did you ever discuss, I mean, you're very good friends with Madonna and of course uh, she's a great supporter of 71 Gin as well. Did you guys ever discuss her music? Like, did you ever like talk, did you tell her that you use her music to get you going? She and knows. She, I mean, you, she knows because you obviously of work course. together as well. But Yeah, I mean, yeah. she knows. Whenever we party, I always try to put some old music and she's like, she, you know, she knows. And actually, we talk a lot about music. Uh, I'm one of the... A, a, a few people that has the uh, has the honor to to actually always give my opinion to the song when it's finalized before it's released um, mm. you know I would go to the studio she would play me and I would say are you sure about the strings here or do you think we need you need more pause there and so on you know we would like comment and then and then you know she would sort of say oh Fuck you <laughs> but then she would, but then she would change it you know she would say hey I changed it oh you know so yes uh, I, I have a very much very musical relationship with her also like sometimes we go and then she would say can you play some piano for us and then I would stay and play play piano I love that when you play your piano <laughs> <laughs> thank you and then we would you know we would or sometimes you Her daughter Mercy would like uh, do a little small home recital for us and she would sing and then we'd talk about music. It's, it's very musical with her. You know, mm. music is not really like a, a, a business. It's, 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 it's her life. So mm. it's great. Um, Dave, uh, if you can p- just pick one Madonna track to play, which one would that be? That you play at your shoots, maybe? I would love to play... Get into the groove, get into the groove. Get into the I mean, I love most of them, actually. Yeah, of you know, course, of course. You know, when I, when I get ready, sometimes I play, you know, Express Yourself.
you know, there's so many, there's so many good ones. Of course, <laughs> of course. But when you uh, prepare for a shoot, do you create like audio mood boards? Like, or does it, like, how do you prepare for a shoot? Like, you come up with a theme or talk me through uh, the process of you guys There's shooting. several, but there's always, um, there's not always an intention. For example, we are doing a shoot for Armand's magazine and then, Armand would come and say, hey guys, would you like to do this shoot with us for disc collections? And then we would go away and think about what that could be. And uh, if it's excited to us and if it's inspired us, then we would start, you know, planning. And we would say, okay, who should we cast? Okay, let's cast, um, I don't know, a model. And then what should she be? Who should she be? How should she act? What her hair should be? What her manners should be? What should she wear? And then, oh, where should she be? What the light should be? Is is there anyone else in the picture? Is she looking at the camera? You know, all these like a conversational, uh, pre-production, conceptual pre-production meetings we go through and... And then once we decide what we are doing, then we would basically get on the set. There are some, of course, ready prepared uh, playlists throughout the years. You know, like there's an 80s playlist, there's a rock playlist, um, there is classical, there's Turkish, there's, you know, there's a lot of playlists there. But I'm actually very much about, I'm a very spontaneous artist regardless. I'm, I'm very spontaneous. I'm, I could be preparing for a shoot all week and then I will come on the set for some reason I would say oh that didn't work we're going to turn left and shoot this white wall that was not our plan so music is also like that for me I'm also I could be doing something and I could suddenly scream and say hey put Iggy Pop put Iggy Pop now You know, so mm. it's yes, there are pre played, uh, pre prepared uh, playlists, but like I respond to, to, the, to, the, to the day's subject, I guess music is part of the subject, part of the job. So that evolves and changes as well as we change throughout the day. I, I can see the, the connection to your Turkish heritage now even more. I mean, obviously I'm Persian, so I, I also understood what you were saying early on, how man and the suffering element to it, you know, and how we are it's in our beautiful. music. It's, it's all about, it's beautiful. It's not in a, it's not in a negative way. Not way at you, all. You would say, not uh, at all. It's, 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 it's so it's, beautiful. It's, it's, it's more passion. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's more, it's, so, uh, it's, yeah. it's pure love. Yeah. But how, um, how much of your Turkish heritage do you attribute to your work? I guess, I wish I have the, uh, a measuring 
system, but I don't. What I what I could say though is there is there's ingredients of making me, I guess, and some part of it is Turkey, some part of it is here, um, but there is a lot of. I think I am. I got my romance and my uh, passionate side from my heritage and my 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 desire for craft and beauty and uh, romance is probably coming from Turkish heritage. I would say. Do you do you listen to uh, contemporary Turkish music as well, like pop music? I love Turkish music, by the way. I think in in the Orient. Turkish music is the is is the best. It's the strongest, better than Arabic or Persian, in my opinion. Um, there's just just I don't know. There's just so much. It's a bit more refined, and I don't want to say it in a negative way to the others, but it, it's I think there's just more history. There was less limitations. Artists were able to experiment. Yeah. I think in the past, at least, more freely in, uh, than in, in Arab countries or Persian. In Iran, I, I, um, I don't know so much about the Arab countries uh, or Persian music, to be honest with you. But uh, but I guess what I remember lately, I was doing some researches on on on, on Turkish music, and I came across mm. some psychedelic rock bands in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, this is like really. And I have like um, friends that are very inspired by psychedelic and rock music and so on. Mm. I was just talking about that uh, to, to one of them and he said, oh, are you talking about Boris Mancho? I was like, oh my God, how did you, you guys you know? You didn't know? This? <laughs> yeah, I, I did know, but I didn't know uh, yeah. that he was yeah. popular in Italy, for example. Yeah, and, and, and contemporary, I just start listening to this band and I heard a couple of their songs, which I like because they're sort of revamp. Um, Altingun. Altingun, yeah. They, 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 they revamp the kind of old, amazing songs and Out of and some one. of the songs, yeah, they, they, and, and there's some of the some of the uh, songs they play. They are actually very old Turkish folk songs, so they actually modernize them and make them their own way. And then they also play some psychedelic rock uh, from from the 70s, uh, and, and and they're pretty cool. I like them. <laughs>
No, they're great. And yeah, they're, they're, I think that's the beauty of the internet and streaming and also these re-releases that all these like Turkish psychedelic rock legends were kind of rediscovered. Like yeah. that's I, I I remember the first time I heard of it was like I think 2007 or 8. I was in some record store in, in Williamsburg back then and I was, and I was in the store and I was like what is this that you guys are playing? And it was a re-release of Ersen. You remember Ersen? Ersen and the Dashlam. Şişesini saran bulunmaz bulunmaz Yıkma hakkın binasını öğren bulunmaz bulunmaz Ey güzel dost nereden gelin eyleni eyleni leni Gelir Hüseyin'im gökçü dolanı dolanı lanı Göz göz oldu yare, bu yare kimler sara Tabip gerek derman sara, derman bulunmaz bulunmaz Aşk perişandır şaşkına, hak yardım eyle düşküne Mecnun gibi dost aşkına, öleni bulunmaz bulunmaz Oh my god. <laughs> you know, so that was incredible. my entry. Really incredible. Yeah, and that was my entrance into that world and actually I think I must have said that on at my interview with Altingun uh like a year and a half ago I guess. But uh I had this moment in um, Amsterdam where there's of course Amsterdam and, and Holland has an amazing music scene and it's very open-minded, you know, also because of their of their story and history. And I was at this really cool festival, a small boutique, but I've never seen so many beautiful and cool-looking people in my life at a at a festival. Really? And the head, yeah, and in the head, it was strange sounds from beyond. The festival was called, and uh, the headline it was two three small stages, but the headliner at 10 p.m. in the pouring rain. Was Zelda. An 85-year-old Turkish woman who is like like an, looks like an old nana with like an amazing band behind her, and the, the 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 place was packed. Like people were in the pouring rain waiting for her. Like all day festival was cool, and everyone's waiting for, her and they were raging. And uh, for me, it was just like mind blowing. I was like, yeah, what is this happening? They, they did they did like several years ago. They did one of her songs. Um, they sort of like a, did a re, re, retake on it. I don't know if you heard that. It's very, very good. I, I, the Acid Pauli remix? Yeah, it's incredible, no? Yeah. Mm, yeah, amazing. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful. But you hear the suffering in the in the voice and the lyrics. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's why people connect to it. They don't speak the language. I don't speak the language, but you yeah. feel it. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> 
and I think one one thing that we of course love and share is that your delicious gin, 71 gin. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about where that idea of the gin came from and also what tracks define you oh, actually no let's rephrase this let's tell me the story of the gin but what would you play if you have one glass of the drink and what would you play if you have five glasses <laughs> oh i like or i like where you're going with this <laughs> <laughs> i can I mean, tell it, our listeners that i was there when you had one glass i mean you know like uh, 71 it was it was an ode to my love to a nightlife Really, and also the light, nightlife that I fantasized in my head and and adored when I watched movies when I was a kid. And anyway, it was about nightlife that full of colorful people, creative people, people that has few words to say. And it is not about a status, but it's about self-expression. This is all became the DNA of. 71 in a way subconsciously because obviously when you do something you do something in your own way it's your point of view and uh, so when I was decided when I, when I decided to do the gin I was like oh what kind of gin should it be what kind of glass should it be what kind of you know place should it be it all then made sense what I was doing I was actually doing an ode to the nightlife that I had in my head and bringing that back. So, so it, was, it, was, it was not really about a, a partying and going crazy and drinking like senselessly. It was about having a very fine martini. It was about having a very good drink with a very good glass and a good piece of ice and talking to someone and getting amused by a poet or, you know, listening to an amazing musician and so on. So when I was building 71, for me, that was very important, that the creativity and, and also perfection that I fighted for for, for, the, for the 30 years of my career and, uh, and the perfection that I, I love about arts, artists, uh, and women, men, music. It had to have all of this in, in a bottle. So... It's a very decadent product, I think, very decadent piece. Uh, I think, for me, it represents, um, it, it represents self-indulgence. And, it, it, you know, when I, whenever I, I drink it, I love listening to many things. I love listening to Rolling Stones. So you stretched out in room 1009 With a smile on your face and tear I love listening to Blondie. Well, 
I love listening to, I don't know, like anything that it has, it has the moment. For me, what's more important is who I share that moment with. It's, it, was, it was made for me and my friends. I'm very, very friend-based person. I'm very family person. And I wanted, I wanted to make something for, for, for that, actually, for them. And it started with that. So we would get together and gather together. We would put some great music on and we would put a, I don't know, a Freddie Mercury and we would put these great glasses and we start talking. We start talking about life and the politics and art and, you know, we would start fighting and discussing and so on. So I loved it. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to expand that. So it's a piece of me. DJing at your 71 party. I love your 71 parties. They all look very fabulous and chic and you have fabulous people there. And I think most most alcohol brands who see that, they must be so envious. What you guys put together in what, six to 12 months? Like <laughs> the campaigns look, of course, beautiful and delicious. I mean, that's your, that's your, that's like your home turf but then of course the celebrity endorsements because they are friends and family so we wouldn't even call it endorsements because it's just part of the of, of, of the ho of the home of home and and of course the fun parties and soirees that you guys have you and and Tasso have been hosting um so yeah both of us yeah. both of us like me and Tasso we both love hosting so before the gin we were hosting um And now the, the gin, we're hosting it even more and we love it. We love seeing friends. I know my friends also love this kind of nights, uh, smaller nights. It's never like 100 people. Uh, smaller mm. nights, we come together, we drink, we talk, and, and sometimes we watch a movie together, all together in the movie room. Sometimes we listen to music, sometimes we sing. It's like, it's, you know, it's our like a little... Uh, social club. <laughs> yeah, the anti-social club. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, so you have a glass of 71. You're getting ready for a night out. What track are you putting on that gets you going? Getting ready to go. Freddie Mercury, Don't Stop Me Now. That much. That literally, I put that in the shower, and even if I'm tired, I'm totally ready to go out. So that's literally my shower music and getting rid of music. Don't stop me, don't stop me, don't stop me. Hey, hey, hey! Don't stop me, don't stop me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like don't stop it. me, don't stop me. Have a good time, good time. Don't stop me, don't stop me.
such a good time I'm having a ball Don't stop me now If you wanna have a good time Just give me a call Don't stop me now I love it, shower music, I love that <laughs> Well, when you're not out and about um, I think true craft requires patience and time, right? And yeah. uh, And, you know, we just came out of, you know, a couple of lockdowns and it's wintertime now again. How important is silence and solitude to creativity? Mm, silence and solitude. Basically, I am not really a very uh, creative in so much solitude. Because I guess I'm a single child and... I love audience. I love supporting team, okay? And almost like I need to talk to them and I say, oh, this red or that red? Oh, this red, you like this red? Okay, it must be the other one then. So, you know, kind of a, I, I, I do like the chaos. I do like the noise. I'm not one of those silent, calm artists where I have to be, you know, wear sneakers and be very quiet and, Everyone needs to be quiet so I can create. It's completely opposite. I create from mess. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's the <laughs> color. We need the color. <laughs> We need the exchange. <laughs> um, what have you recently discovered in music, art, film, or fashion that, that caught your attention? Recently, I heard this young girl called Nilufer Yanya, very experimental music. I really, she's, mm. she, really, um, she really is very interesting. She's got a beautiful voice and she is... I love the fact that she's so experimental and in the world of such a produced music, it felt very personal and raw and I like it. came across an artist, Julie Meretu. Oh, Julie! Yes, really she's, uh, she was part of season two. <laughs> the amount of detail and, and I, it's crazy, I didn't know her, 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 her before. And uh, so, yeah, Nidifer and Julie is my two girls that I discovered lately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'll send you her playlist. Oh, listen to the episode. You're going to love it. Julie is amazing. Uh, she's Great, incredible. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. she's wonderful. Shout out to Julie. Hi, Julie. <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> yeah, you guys should be working together. Yes, <laughs> I'm definitely going to introduce you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, do, any, any gossip, any fun stories you can tell us from some of your past shoots? Uh, do you have to accept some of, like, let's say some shoots or some artists and you're like, Ugh, I don't really want to work with that person? Or do you just, at this point, oh, you just oh, choose whatever? All the time. Daily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't like everything. You know? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, you, you, uh, yes, there are artists that you want to 
you think there's connection and there are artists that you don't. And yeah. that's the beauty of our, of our, of our, if everything sounded the same and felt the same and it was valued the same, then I wouldn't, we wouldn't work so hard to make something, make things better. I don't know. Mm. But of course, I don't love everything. And, and some things I love, some things I don't. And I usually, especially in the last 10 years, really like to work with only people that I like to, I, I think there's a connection. And mm. for me, the connection is either a personal connection, so it could be someone totally off the chart and there's nothing to do with me artistically, but personally, there's a connection. It's good enough for me. Or vice versa, where there's great art and I'm so respecting that they're art and they're not the most model-like person or, you know, but to me, it doesn't matter. For me, then I love something else there. Then it goes beyond aesthetics and it goes beyond, uh, you know, generic beauty. It goes into a more spiritual and more creative, expressive beauty. And I love that as well. So it's actually very, very, um, very valuable moments when that happens. So I'm not going to give you who I I said no to. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. I don't want to hear that. It's okay. I don't want to put you in any compromising (laughs) situation. (laughs) Well, we're just following your social media. I think everybody knows you have fun with some people. Let's leave it at that. (laughs) Well, you know, some some are more fun. Some not. (laughs) That's life. That's life. Um, yeah. Going slightly more intimate and back to some music. What's your? Oh, I was go- wondering. I was wondering when you were gonna get when you were gonna get intimate. <laughs> After five seventy-one gins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your go-to falling in love or heartbreak song? Okay, don't laugh. But I am so into the. I used to be, but, but I'm sure if you play now, I probably will. Will be will react the same way into a point where all my friends that when I meet them like twenty years later, thirty years later, they're like, "Oh my god, do you listen to that? Still, do you remember that song where you used to go crazy?" I was like, "Which one?" It's "Stop" by Sam Brown. <laughs> it's like the, my like all time like heartbreak song. All that I have is all that you've given me. Did you never worry that I'd come to depend on you? I gave you all the love I had in me Now I find you lied And I can't believe it's true After the heartbreak or before the heartbreak, when you're falling in love? I mean, when I'm falling in love, I think... I am very creative in a way. So when I'm falling in love, I dive into myself and I start creating this imaginary scenario where I work to achieve uh, as the story of that love. So... Therefore, I don't really know the music part of that. I'm much more involved about making that love story happen. So for me, um, I listened, for example, um, in my last experience, there was a lot of 
father involved. There was a lot of Turkish music involved. There was a lot of Maria Bethania involved. So, you know, it depends. It depends on the situation. I mean, I don't fall in love. I don't fall in love with, with you know, with that same song. <laughs> it's not like I don't have. I don't have a fall in love song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess every person gets their own soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, after the heartbreak, you're out and about in London town, and and feeling super sexy. What's the sexiest song? The super sexy song. I mean, uh, like I said, because there is this like a there is this passion romance. There's this painful side of of love for me. It's also because because of my origin, I guess. I guess sexiness also comes with that, you know. Um, so even the sex, like for example, George Michael, "Different Corner," right? The song. So I, I find that very sexy song. You know, like some people would probably think that's a very sad song, but it's actually it's very. I find it very romantic. So I think for me, the sexiness goes sort of hand in hand with romance. So I, let's say I don't listen to Led Zeppelin when I feel sexy. <laughs> To wrap up our little chat, if your life would be a movie, what song would play in the end credits? Wow. You know, I'm really not sure about that one. What would be the end credits? I, I, I guess my life was like, I always wanted a celebration. You know, I was always, it was always about celebration. So I probably would be the end of my world, my, my, my movie or my life to be like very very much of a celebration moment. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's like Edith Piaf, uh, Miller, <laughs> something like, you know what? Miller, <laughs> 
l'or Et prenez bien vos aises, vos peines sur mon cœur Et vos pieds sur une chaise, je vous connais Or is it like, a, or is it like a, a cabaret? <laughs> is, it, is it like maybe this time? I don't know. <laughs> maybe this time. Love it. Maybe this time he'll stay Maybe this time For the first time Love won't hurry away It's not Frank Sinatra, I did it my way, okay? No. Don't, don't <laughs> Don't try no. to get that song off me. I, I think cabaret is more fitting. <laughs> yeah, to totally. Meine Dames und Herren, meine Dames und Messieurs. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, Mert, it's been a real pleasure. Armin, very nice talking to you. Always. And um, I wish we had this face-to-face, -face, but one day we will. Uh, we will I mean, um, one day, probably next month. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so whenever, whenever, whenever you need some, you know, musical questions, I'm always here. It was a pleasure <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> lady peaceful, lady happy. That's what I long to be. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you want to listen to the full playlist, visit areonair.com or our Spotify channel. You can also find us on Instagram and on YouTube at areonair. And a big thank you to my wonderful team at Studio Noi. I'm Armand Nafei and I'll speak to you soon.